just a bunch of witty banter. Good quip, Papa. What's up, guys? You're listening to Witty Banter. This is episode number 38. 38. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. To my right is the pride of Texas, Hunter Dorsett. Hello. It's been a couple days. We missed our mark again, man. We were busy this weekend. You know what? We're busy guys. Well, of course we We've are. We've got lives. Nah. These fans know. think that they can just demand us anytime they you want. Know, That's ridiculous. You're getting a little entitled here. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's getting on my last nerve. You don't get to not email and then tell me when to put <laughs> shows out. It's one or the other, man. Well, they're probably saying, I don't email because you guys don't put shows out. Whatever. <laughs> That's beside the point. How you doing, man? School's doing over. pretty good, man. Yeah, school's over. Uh, been on a couple dates in the last the week. dates are flying. They've been flying. flying Thanks to this high. guy, actually. Yeah. He hooked, he hooked up a very like formalized blind date scenario for me. I'm just like, I see the opportunities. I pluck them like flowers. Well, it was cool. I mean, we were both down for it, so it made it an interesting experience. There you go. For sure. I've never been on a blind date. Really? So, you're, so I trumped you there? You're more date savvy than I am. Boom. <laughs> but if you set it up, do you get more points? I get a little bit. I feel like I get something. You definitely get some credit. You know, I, I told I told Cole, I was like, yeah, man, I sent him up on a date. And he's like, see, man, that is what roommates should be That's doing. What friends are I'm for, like, man. yeah, I felt good. I felt good. Yeah. You should. I know. So yeah, so school's over. I'm finally like catching up with my life again. I Happy can... birthday! I don't. I don't oh. know if if uh, if I feel like the last time we had a podcast was before your birthday. It was. So this is on the posterior side it of is. the uh, of the birthday. On so the rump side, acknowledging that we got a you're listening to a podcast of 23 year olds now. Yeah. Exclusively, we're getting up there. That bro. feels different, does it not? I think that the the. The terminology saying that you are 23, there's definitely a shift in perception yes. than when you are 22. Like I 22 is the ultimate gray middle area of age. I it's a like. scrimshaw of age. Yeah, it's really. a scrimshaw age. Totally. So, yeah. Well, every episode, <laughs> Witty Banter reviews a beer, and we're not about to stop doing that. Why would we? I don't know. Never. Good question. So <laughs> the beer that we picked today is um, from Prairie Artisan Ales, and they're a... Uh, I see them everywhere. Yeah. I'm aware of them, but... I actually haven't really drank any of their beers until very recently. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever had any one of theirs before. So the, the beer that we're drinking today is called Standard, a hoppy farmhouse ale. And so, uh, I mean, a big reason why we picked this beer is because we've, we're pretty un... Unsavvy? Uh, unsavvy with farmhouse ales. We yeah. don't know much about them. Um, I think, so correct me when I'm wrong here, beer experts, i.e. Tyrell and Chris, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure a farmhouse ale means that it was fermented with the yeast that comes out of the air, and I don't think it means that like... Like an open air fermentation process? Kind exactly. Of? Okay. I think what it means is like they kind of capture yeast out of the air and then use that yeast to ferment their beers, um, and it's supposed to be like a lighter, sometimes tangy flavor sometimes uh fruity even mm -hmm. uh, i think they're typically they were like back in the day when beer was brewed to actually like drink and survive off of i'm pretty sure they are brewed in the winter to be enjoyed in the summer okay so the, the this should be a little like a little bit of a lighter experience okay cool why don't you go ahead and talk about where we got it from and the price and all that and maybe how it looks like okay just one more spec it's 5.6 alcohol by oh volume. okay you found that yeah 5.6 percent we got it at uh, an Austin iconic location called the Flag Store. 
Uh, it's on 45th and Duval. We give them a lot of business. We do. We give them a. It's a great. It's 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 a cool business. It's like this little corner store that has like classical music while you're searching, perusing through individual bottles of beer. So it's pretty cool. But <laughs> yeah. um, we got it for about three dollars. Um, they mark up a little bit higher. I'd say. Yeah, I, I person, wouldn't expect so. it that high everywhere. Yeah, that's that was you know a reason why I was a little bit you know contentious about putting out the prices. But I right. think if we acknowledge that, then mm-hmm. like it's cool. Um. Yeah, it's. It, I'm excited. I literally know nothing about farmhouse sales. So. Yeah, and even just looking at the bottle as well, if you've seen Prairie, you're kind of probably familiar with how their labels typically look as far as like art direction and art style, mm-hmm. um, and even just like the text that they like use. That font. The yeah. font. Mm-hmm. It's just in line with that. It's kind of like this goofy little, some pictures on here. So, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, but also not boring. So you just took your first sip. I have taken my first sip. Interesting. It smells really fruity. It is fruit. It's definitely fruity. Almost um, like grapefruit. So is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's it's not very filtered, so you can't really see through the other side of it. It's pretty though. Yeah. It's a very light, light yellow. It's like a it's like a foggy yellow, mm-hmm. you know? Um and it almost seems like it would look like um uh, like some sort of fruit juice as far as like just how it looks. Yeah. But um it seems like it might have a little bit of like not just floating sediment or anything, but like it would be closer to like more sediment based than we're used to. I feel like mm-hmm. I just feel like it has a little bit of like I it's can taste super the cloudy. Yeah, it's super it. cloudy. I like it though. Yeah. So my first impressions, I think it smells delicious. I think it smells kind of like grapefruit, um, and it also smells like they might have used wheat in the malts. Like it doesn't taste like a wheat beer, like a hefeweizen or anything. Mm-hmm. But that flavor is there just a little bit when I smell it. Now when I taste it, it's really, it's not there. It's Um, fruity, man. Yeah, it is fruity. It's not really tart, but it's also not very sweet, which I'm kind of thankful for. I don't really, I didn't want like an overly sweet beer when you think fruity. It's it's kind of like a dry. Yeah, I feel like the flavor, like direction of flavor, whenever I'm drinking it is like, I initially I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sweet beer. So I'm kind of like, you know, getting ready for like a sweet after punch. Right. But it's not like, it's kind of like brought up with a little bit of sourness. Yeah. It's not like bitter or nasty sourness. It's just like a little bit of something there to kind of like keep that, that fruitiness in check. You know, it's good. I like it. I'm digging it so far. Yeah, for sure. We're there. Oh, we're totally there. (laughs) All right, dude. Um, that's all of the housekeeping. Let's do it. Let's, let's get into the banter time. This is witty banter. Okay, before we jump into everything, I this is just I want to mention in passing because I think it's going to get you super excited. Oh man! Uh, but EA Sports announced that a football player by the name of Bo Jackson Whoa. will make an appearance in Madden NFL 15. <laughs> so players will be able to add Bo Jackson to their Madden Ultimate team. But it'll uh, just be like 99 when it comes everything. out. Yeah. So for those who don't know who Bo Jackson is, why are you a Bo Jackson fan? So one reason one reason why I'm a Bo Jackson fan is largely because of the ESPN documentary on Bo Jackson. The 30 for 30 on Bo Jackson was amazing <laughs> it makes him out like he's a freaking superhuman it really does <laughs> just some of the stories they tell also he's a he's like a super prolific running back slash uh baseball player so Hell he was dude so he was like one of the he was like one of the first people to actually excel at both sports uh instead of just like playing both and being able to be pretty good at balancing those two like yeah. Deion sanders played baseball and football but he was like a football player that played baseball but bo jackson was like 
thoroughly both. What about uh, Michael Jordan? Played? He was <laughs> not thoroughly both. Yeah. Um, That's so cool when athletes play two sports. I think it's pretty amazing. Isn't Didn't Adrian Peterson just say that he's thinking about leaving the NFL or he something? He said he was considering retiring and maybe going and trying to be a part of the Olympics somehow, which would be pretty, oh, the pretty damn cool. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't want to be a part of the NFL's organization anymore. And, like, they're definitely biting themselves in the ass because that guy's, like, going to be a long time, like, an all time great, I feel like, as far as running back goes. But, yeah, Bo Jackson is, I don't really know how it's, I feel like it's just sort of gimmicky in the Madden sense. Of oh, it's like, totally gimmicky. Yeah. So but I thought it was, I mean, it's if, cool. It would be the gimmick that would get someone like some you. People, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Some people would bite on that. But yeah, like he was amazing. He was like stronger than everyone, faster than everyone, and had a better throwing arm than everybody. So <laughs> he was just Lord. an interesting dude. All right. Uh, so, hey, our predictions were correct about last month. Hmm. Xbox One, for the first time, was the best-selling console in the month of November, breaking PlayStation's uh, domination streak, even though I bet that that is just going to be an anomaly and that the momentum will continue. But it did happen, like we like we predicted it would. Yeah, that's interesting still. It, it sort of had... It was the perfect storm for that to finally happen for them. They had yeah. a $50 price drop, and they had a ton of awesome um, bundles. If you're bundling... For Black Friday. You're $50 cheaper... You're arguably the same specs. I mean, they might have a better like operating system maybe for P- PlayStation or maybe not, but if you have all those things going for you and you're getting like the Kinect and stuff, a part of the bundle and all that, or, or is that a part of the I bundle? I don't think the Kinect is a part of those bundles okay. now. Because I was about to say, if you get the Kinect on top of the cheaper bundle with games, like easy choice. Easy choice. But I'm telling you right now, come like next year, PlayStation is just going to be killing it. Like just round after round. Do you want to let the listeners go know? ahead? Why don't you? Yeah. So we <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I always think of you ever see Home Alone? Yeah. When Joe Pesci is like, I forgot what they're doing, but he's talking to his henchman. He's like, Go ahead. And like, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I love that shit. Um. So Chase has been go- undergoing an inner struggle, an inner quandary of yes. sorts. Um. He has been a longtime Xbox proponent. He's always had an Xbox system. At his since like sixth grade, at his ready fifth grade, and um, he has just been un- dissatisfied with this current generation. Not just because of the the console and some of the cumbersome uh, interactions that he's had with that, but also with the games that have been put out that are exclusive games for that console, even the ones that aren't exclusive. So he is currently saving up and has a full game plan to go buy a PS4. Yeah, so what did it for me was the other weekend the PlayStation put out, the, they had this um, convention called the PlayStation Experience. And it was just mm-hmm. basically, it was in Las Vegas, and they got together. And all of the video that came out of that was incredible. So first of all, the vibe at this convention was really special. It was a smaller convention than most, so you weren't like overcrowded and all that. And mm-hmm. it was all Sony fans, okay. right? And so... Typically, when you would do like a live demo on stage, let's say for like E3, and mm-hmm. the guy playing the demo messes up royally, you'll get like people will boo. The media, <laughs> really, will, dude? The, yeah, the media will blow up and be like, "Oh, they really dropped the ball that on that sucks. one." But they were showing footage where the game was clearly not done, and the dude fell through the game world, a really bad glitch, and everyone like cheered. You know, it was like <laughs> it was that sort of vibe. That's where, weird. That's, yeah, it's rare. Everyone was there to like celebrate what the brand is. And so, you know, you've got that surrounding it, but then they went off and they just had, uh, they showed a trailer for, or a gameplay trailer for uncharted four. And it absolutely dropped my jaw to the floor. 
Then they had a trailer for The Order 1886, which is another exclusive game. Same thing. Just beautiful gameplay. Everything about it was stunning. Mm. Uh, They did another gameplay trailer for No Man's Sky, another exclusive. They announced that Street Fighter was going to be a console exclusive, which I am telling you right now is huge. And, And besides that, they were just like, oh, and here's like 30 indie games that are coming from PC to PlayStation 4, and they do such a good job at making you care about these smaller games. Right. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, with Xbox's parody clause, those games will never come to Xbox mm-hmm. once they're on PlayStation 4, which is so stupid. Yeah. So when I look at the PlayStation 4, and someone put it really eloquently on the internet, it was like, it's basically the cheapest way to own a gaming PC. You have all these access to these awesome indie games while you're waiting for their exclusives and their exclusives may not sell as much as the big Xbox ones. But I'm telling you right now, when I was looking at it, they look more interesting. And it was the first time that I felt like gaming as a medium was being pushed forward. And I was on the losing side. I wasn't going to be able to benefit from that because of owning an Xbox. Yeah. It's tough for someone like you, I'm sure. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, you saw me. I was on, I was brooding on the couch for hours. Yeah. I I think it's interesting that like that, Xbox didn't really have the same idea as far as like trying to string along the customer over time because it seems like what PlayStation's doing is they are they're they're they have these exclusives and these big you know jamboree games that they're going to be putting out that are like the big big names but then in between that they're doing a good job of like floating you along with yeah. like these other indie games yes. and like so you're not you're not ever really feeling like remiss about your gameplay it's like I'm all, I'm just kind of like doing, you know, some fun stuff, some interesting new stuff until I get what I really want. Exactly. Whereas, like, an Xbox, you're like, like, I got what I really want, now I'm just going to, like, be sitting and, like, you know, like, hopefully I'll like that and it'll, like, last me long enough to go to the next thing. Totally. Almost. You mean, these indie games maybe by themselves aren't a system seller, but when you've got 60 of them out there now, yeah. as a whole, they definitely are. And they float up, you know, they, they help you b- continue to be attached to your to your gameplay without, like... You know, and if you have for something, you if know, you have like, PlayStation Plus, half of those games are going to end up being free anyway, free. and yeah. you're just going to be able to keep playing them. Yeah. And you know, I, we've got free games for Games for Gold, but they are not anywhere near the pedigree that is at on PlayStation right now. Yep. So yeah, my hat, my hats off to them. Like, and I'm probably just going to wait until a big game that I want to play for that system comes out, probably Bloodborne, um, and I'll just get the bundle for it. Do you think they'll do yeah. a price drop anytime? I don't think they need to. No. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, cool. Okay, so this is this next news item is a little more sciency. Nice. Okay, like so a new distance record has been set in the strange world of quantum teleportation. In a recent experiment, a light particle instantly traveled fifteen point five miles across an optical fiber, becoming the farthest successful quantum teleportation feat yet. Yeah. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. Oh and they God. say that advances in quantum teleportation could lead to better internet, internet and communication security and get scientists closer to developing quantum computers. Damn. So reading into the technology and how they did this was really tough. Yes. Very confusing. Do you remember when I did that that one article about how the internet was getting like faster and I was trying to... Like, yeah, yeah like we were probably both the just, same like, thing, just like... Ah, <laughs> oh, my brain. It's the same way. Yeah. I mean, they basically have these... Uh, little like micron size electronic circuits mm-hmm. that are also like solid state drives, and you know you can you can read into it if you'd like. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to attempt 
to make it out like I understand it. But essentially, they teleported this piece of light, a, a photon, 15.5 miles. That's pretty wild. Uh, they said that that would be used for the betterment of like internet speeds and stuff and connections. Yeah, because what it sounds like is this light is basically encoded with like data in yeah. a way. And it's, I mean, they're doing it in the computer realm where they're trying to send information instantaneously across these larger and larger distances. Yeah. And they used to do it through lasers. Like everything mm -hmm. that was teleportation right. was lasers. But now I guess that isn't a practical yeah, for computers or, or be as efficient or, as what right. they're doing now. With the fiber optic cables and stuff. Because, you know, Google Fiber's coming is now put, has, they've put official uh, commercials out for Austin. Ugh. Have you seen them yet? No, I haven't. There's one with uh, Waterloo Records. Really? Yeah, so I think it'll come to like this area. We need to see how much it is. Seriously. I mean, but like, <laughs> by the time they come, we're probably going to be moving out in like two months. <laughs> That's true. I'm, I just get pissed off at our internet. Yeah. A lot. It's pretty bad. It's been getting, I mean, it was really good for a while and it's slowing down. I think yeah. they're throttling us yeah. or something. It's total bullshit. Net, oh, net neutrality, man. Net neutrality. <laughs> net neutrality. Whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Okay. This one, you can tell me if you're, you care about this or not, but Apple revealed its best selling apps on the app store for the year. Okay. And I kind of wanted to go over a few of them. Sure. I was most interested in them because, so this is just the top downloads from iTunes store, app store, and the bookstore. And according to the list, the most downloaded paid iPad app was Minecraft. Mm. And um, the number two most popular paid app was Cut the Rope 2, which is also a video game. And I was just, I was surprised by that. You know, you think hmm. in the whole realm of what is offered on the app store, you get like Facebook, you get Twitter. Well, I mean, those are free. So these are these are the paid really? apps. Because I had to go get those. Oh, these are paid apps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was just like, okay, the number one, like people buy games on this thing, and, and that's nuts. But go to going to the free, the top free apps were on iPad were YouTube uh, and Netflix. Hmm. And on iPhone, those are one and two respectively. iPhone, it was Facebook Messenger and Snapchat. The Facebook Messenger thing pisses me off so bad. Dude, I am I boycott the shit out of that. Yeah. I do. Well, I just have my paper, and I just say, ha-ha, F you, bro. But the, Oh, God. But we just wait. They're going to make it so you can't use that anymore at some point. Then I won't have a paper anymore, I guess. I know. Well, like, that's like the reason why I still have a paper now. It just feels dirty. It feels so gross <laughs> yeah, how like they are just like... Back you, market messaging. Like, like you have to... <laughs> but, like, you have to use this app to talk now. It's so counterproductive because... If anything, Facebook is great because I can talk to my buddies yes. through a message client. But now you're making me go download this thing, and I have to go download it. And to me, it's just like, oh, okay, well, like, what other data are you going to suck from me now? And, I, and like, they, all, they try to do all the PR stuff, like, you know, declaiming all of the stuff that was surrounding the new Messenger app about it being, like... What did they declaim? They basically... Basically, there was all these claims from people uh, right when the app came out that it was like a BS app and that they were just trying to like monitor everything that you were doing and it had like access to all the stuff that they didn't need access to and stuff. And it was just like, it just seemed super shady, basically. Yeah. And the whole uh, thing feels like that. Yeah. But it was like, it was a lot more like of a like a palpable, there was like things that they were pointing to that like this in the, in the bylaws of whatever this app is about, like this is shady. 
And um, then Zuckerberg came out and spoke out against that, being like, no, it's not, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I never got over that. Like, I'm still exactly. like, you know, screw this messenger. He like, probably just said, no, guys, it's cool. Yeah, like, thumbs up. Thumbs so, up, guys. Ah, it sucks. I don't know. I but, just wish there was, I mean, well, I like that iMessage is becoming more of an instantaneous messenger app, especially if, if someone else has iMessage. Mm-hmm. And now it's integrated into my iPad. I can iMessage from my computer. I can make phone calls from my computer or my iPad and my iPhone now. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Group chats are fun. Snapchat's fun. I yeah. mean, technically, that's a good I'm way. I'm surprised to... that wasn't up there. I mean, it's number two. It's the number I, two I guess it's you. like nobody over 30 has a Snapchat. That's probably a big My reason. parents had Snapchat for a while. What? Yeah, I had Snapchat at my parents all the time. In fact, when I had Snapchat, my like top five friends was like <laughs> you, Cole, my parents, and maybe someone else. I just keep getting a notification saying, you have no friends, frowny face. What? It literally <laughs> yeah. says that? Yeah. <laughs> it puts a frowny face? It's like a crying frowny face. It's, it's, it's pretty sad. Like on your lock screen. No, 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 oh, no, like whenever, man. like, like I'll like post a snap and nobody will have seen it and it's like, you have no best friends. It's like, okay. Oh, <laughs> man. I hear you. Jeez, that's rough, dude. Oh, well, man. You know, you can't let Snapchat talk shit. Yeah, yeah. I know? can delete you anytime I want. You know what? I'm on top of you. You little tile. <laughs> hey, that's all I got on the news. Do you have anything that you can think of worth talking about before we move along? Um, not really. Not, right. not per se. How about this? <laughs> what did you think about the season of South Park? Oh, the season finale is over. I could talk about that. In fact, we could talk about some of the, some of the other stuff like Colbert ending. Yeah. You want to make that a segment? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, we're going to come back. Well, we're going to end the news right now. Uh, and we'll be back here after just a bit. Let's do it. This is Woody Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. We're back, Banter Nation. Boop beep. Hunter, this beer, are you enjoying it? I am. It is definitely different. Like, it is, it is a, um, that, that sourness is kind of becoming a little bit, like, it's starting to take over, I feel like, as it's getting colder or, or warmer. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the same thing. So that's playing into the taste a lot. And, and that makes it like, it's closer to a fruit drink when it does that, you know, like whenever you, whenever you drink a fruit, like a a juice, that's just straight up from a fruit. It has, it often has like this little bit of sourness that kind of like hangs over the sweetness that's like, you know, being provided by the fruit itself. Um, And I feel like it's kind of similar here. So I feel like this is almost just like, a really like naturally brewed like fruity beer that's got some little bit of like sediment and you know it's it's okay i, I mean I like it sounds it. like it's doing what it's going for yeah though. i think that it is nailing it but right. I, I just don't know like i'm still trying to figure out what that means for me i guess as a consumer yeah i am really enjoying it i think it's super like refreshing and light and it's very drinkable you know and it that stick very long. Yeah, and that sourness is definitely ramping up, and it's not—it's not really off-putting to me. I think that aftertaste—it's—it's it's like kind of tart and this weird like sour bitterness that's in the in the back end of it. Mm-hmm. But the smell is just fantastic. I'm gonna keep using grapefruit. I think it smells like grapefruit. I think that's right. Yeah, and then 
when you drink it, it's just like this citrusy, fruity, almost like in the in the yeast. You can almost taste the yeast. It's That's like a, it's like I'm an getting. earthy yeast yeah. in there. It's a very natural fa- yeah. feeling. It was just kind of cool. I yeah. feel like I'm in the Shire and yeah. you know, like <laughs> listening to Zeppelin and smoking a pipe or something. Yeah, I think that it has like, I think if it had just a little bit more body, I think that. I feel like there's not as much alcohol as I kind of would want. Yeah, but I kind of like that it's that way. Yeah, I like it. It is light, Mm -hmm. and that's good. It's refreshing and all that stuff, but I kind of thought it would pack a little bit more of an alcoholic punch, (laughs) but, you know, we don't need it. We don't need it. Trust me, guys. We don't need it. But God damn it, do we want it. (laughs) All right, so in this next segment, before we move into musical mastery, let's talk about um, the South Park season first and then if we want to touch on colbert's last season we can as well okay so i've never watched a full season of south park before Hmm. like episode per episode it's the first time i've done it that being said this has easily been my favorite season of south park yet that's a lot to be said yes i like we were talking about earlier i felt like that at like this season literally played to every subculture that you and I like identify with. I feel I feel like it's been like that for the last couple of seasons. Whenever they did the the Game of Thrones, I was like, yeah. this is made for us. Yeah. You know, like I felt like a, a feeling that it was for us. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what that is. I feel like I'm trying to put put like an overarching term that identifies what that is. Well, it was like we were saying, I don't know if they are like abandoning their original viewership or what is it like demographic Mm -hmm. because when i look at it where they they talked about they made fun of gluten-free stuff which is pretty easy to get on board with okay um then you've got oculus rift in there Mm -hmm. pretty confusing the commentating thing with the pewdiepie and all that even you and i were a little lost in that and older people who grew up with south park probably certainly aren't (laughs) going to be hanging with it yeah you had um magic yeah magic was in there yeah all stuff that it was just like, holy shit. Lord. You know, Lord, exactly. Mm. People probably aren't exactly familiar with her music. And, and even the other pop stars that they made fun of yeah. were in like there. Yeah, Azalea and all that. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it, it seems like they're really, I feel like they are still at the pulse of the younger demographic, though. And it's just like, I feel like them keeping up with the times is going to just be different than it was like, you know, 10 years ago. Like keeping up with the times whenever they first started is going to, I guess, just have a different feel. And like the way that they're crafting their stories is going to be a little different than like now where it just seems like things are just so much different now than when they, when they first started. I think South Park casts a pretty big net on viewership, but I just think that that net is just as big, but the people that originally were caught in it have probably gotten out and new people are getting caught in it as well. Yeah. But I thought that this was a great season. It was fantastic. They're like the some of the biggest gut busters, gut busting laughs I've ever had at South Park came like three to five times in this season. I think the mobile gaming episode was that my one favorite too. Episode. Yeah, I think that was my favorite episode because that you had Satan giving Stan like the very down to earth explanation of what addiction is, yeah. dopamine <laughs> and stuff. You also have like the very articulated uh, understanding about what mobile gaming is and does yes. for like the average kid and gamer and stuff. You had Randy being you had his Randy alcoholic. doing his alcoholic stuff, and you also had um, just the social commentary on um, like drinking consumerism and like that, that one commercial, commercial dude. was so amazing. 
So yeah, that was but, a gut buster. When the dude's dick flew off. <laughs> yeah, from the gut. I just about died. <laughs> when dick fly Randy was doing cock magic. <laughs> yeah. And he like is sawing it in half. Like, oh, oh. And then like he's going on and like you think he accidentally just like cut his wiener off. But then he's like, little girl. Well, you check behind your ear, and his wiener's back there. They showed a lot of wiener yeah. this season. Which, it was just like a digit. Yeah, this yeah. thing. And even when they were doing the magic, and Kenny's playing the rooster, Yes. and he like lays down this card. That annou- was fun. The announcer's like, and he lays down a dragon spear, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's like tapping all his mana and stuff. It was too good. Dude, I loved that little part where he's fighting the cock. The rooster yeah. is freaking hilarious. Now, I will say, though, I think there was two... I think the Oculus Rift episode was a bit of a lull. I thought it was a... It was like a... had a solid story. It was really it interesting, It I was thought. interesting, but I don't, I, it wasn't funny to me. Okay. Also, in that same vein, was the drone one. Hmm. Now, the drone one had... A, the, there was pretty funny parts. It was, there it. was some funny parts. The reoccurring joke about his mom's bush. Yes. Killer. <laughs> But I think there was a lot of like little subplots, like with him being super paranoid that didn't really pan out and were yeah. kind of unnecessary. But I do think, which kind of sucks, that the biggest weaknesses were the last two episodes, man. I didn't really mm. think that they were that funny. They were. I thought the Christmas special would be like longer than it was. Yeah. You know? Like it was know, on there just, for like a second. Yeah. And even, I mean, they kind of, in a meta way, had that live Twitter feed coming up. Yeah, which and is it, pretty funny. And that live Twitter feed was like, what is going on? This is so confusing. Are they going to wrap any of this up? Which I think is, that they just, they didn't, it wasn't a real live Twitter feed. Right. Right. Yeah. But they're kind of, they were commenting on probably what the viewers were thinking at the time. Right. But even so, <laughs> the stuff with Michael Jackson and all that, I feel like didn't really like have a big punchline at the end. Um, they might come back to it later or something. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think they're going to continue this overarching storyline because this one was know. this was like a self-contained yeah, thing. season yeah. you know what i mean like that yeah they they accumulated their stories over time and they kept going with those accumulations which i thought was interesting uh they like they used to do that in some of their shows like they'd go like maybe three or four episodes where they were like discussing the same things that had happened in the last episodes but never like this like never for the whole season and it was like such a like a very resolute effort to do that, which I thought was pretty cool, but it definitely made it a different like take on the show, I think. Which I enjoyed. Now, do you like do you just put numbers on it? I can't. Like South Park is pretty much my favorite show on television. You're just too biased. It's like yeah, it's gonna be a it's, ten. It's gonna every be a time. nine or a nine point five or a ten or something. So I just don't really think that there's anything as like as punch in the face, groundbreaking, and that has the same role that they have where they can literally say anything and get away with it. I just think that that's amazing. I would give it a 9.5. Like I said, this is my favorite season of South Park. The only reason it doesn't get that 10 was because there was like a couple episodes that I felt like didn't really hit the mark. Yeah. Oh, I was confused. I was like, what is that noise? <laughs> and uh, if those, which is tough, you can't come out and, you know, it's tough to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but still, it's out there. Right. You also had, I mean, the, even like the cisgendered episodes and stuff that came out. The what? Like when uh, oh, Carmen was cisgendered. <laughs> he was, what did he say? Uh, or they're trying give him his own bathroom and the. Oh, oh, he was the, a sissy. Yeah, and, and <laughs> what was his? What's his teacher's name again? Mr. Mar, or, uh, Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison just like, 
it's just Eric Cartman. Bob was like, they don't know that. <laughs> Give just him the bathroom. Him yeah, it's like, you don't want to do this. <laughs> that was a good starter. Yeah, yeah sure. it was awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, that was a fun little conversation. Now let's go ahead and transition into musical masteries. So Tyrell mentioned last episode he wanted to hear more um, of a musical focus. So we're going to do that. Yeah. Now, musical mastery is just basically anything with music that we want to talk about. So what we're going to do today is discuss Alt-J's newest album, This Is All Yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to try to like frame... Like, How would you frame this discussion? So I would discuss the specs first when it was released. Um, kind of like maybe even if we knew anything about like where who helped them do it or where it was done, that would be cool. Do we know anything about that? Well, I was just more so saying like, how are we going to approach this? You know, what what did what are you bringing to the table? And and so what is going to be the guiding? Whenever here? whenever I'm going to look at like an album, I'm going to review. I'd like to look at the album as a whole, and I'd like to look at individual songs as well, like that make up the album. So, um. Like I like transitioning in between songs. I like you know different things. Well, I'll just I'll just let you start. Why don't you just go first? Okay, <clears throat> so you and I actually listened to this song for the fir- or this album for the first time together, right? Mm-hmm. We were sitting right there at that couch, and we put it on a vinyl. I believe, or no, it wasn't a vinyl. It was just their new album, and um, we listened to it all the way through. And on the first take, listening to it, the first half fell flat for me. And the second half, I thought, was like a really good effort. And then as I continued to listen to it more and more, it almost flipped a little bit. Uh, not not completely, because the latter half was still very strong, in my opinion. But there were a lot more earlier songs in the album that I thought I should give credit to that I didn't originally. Uh, some of the songs that are my favorite songs are Hunger for the Pine, uh, Every Other Freckle, uh, Warm Foothills, and... Um, I like John Hurt. I mean, that one's good, you know. Uh, but I mean, as far as like looking at looking at the album as a whole, I thought it was definitely different from their first one. Uh, their first one was a freaking amazing album. That's what's so tough about this yeah. is the first album was literally like lightning. Mm-hmm. You know, just when I first listened to it, from the moment it started, I was like, "This is different." It's just so different, and this is um, cool. I've never yes. heard anything like this, and I liked every single song. And I listened to that album for months before giving it up. And so, the expectations going into this next one are really tough for any band. Like right. when your first album's that good. It's going to be tough to fill those shoes again. Yeah. And the vibe in this new one is definitely different. There's a much more of like a mellower feel to it. Yeah, you said earlier slow, maybe slower. Yeah, I think it is a little more slower. Every song is a little more like, there's definitely like a build, but it's a a slower build. And while I find the first album very relaxing in a lot of ways... Okay. It's relaxing in an upbeat, happy, joy, like jovial feeling to me. Mm-hmm. This album is also relaxing, but in a more of like, I would almost use the words like cold and not depressing, like but distant, but very like melancholy. Okay, you know, and so the thing is, is they hit that feeling really well. 
I think this is all yours has a very specific sound and it, it executes it. But I don't know if it's a sound that I like as much as the first album. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, how much of that do you feel like plays into the fact that they're probably not using as much instruments in this second, in the second album as they were in the first one? Like, I feel like it was a lot more of like a band unit Mm -hmm. and, and we know that like that guy left for the band uh, Mm -hmm. before doing this third album and they never really replaced him. Yeah. The bassist. And I actually read an article about that guy. He's like a really like a really quiet, really like smart, accomplished dude. I think he wrote, he's like written stuff that's gotten like published and um, honored by like Mercury Award or something. Really? Like, yeah. He's like a he's like a esteemed. So he was novelist a, a resource yeah. that got lost. Yeah, but Definitely. it seemed but it seemed like it seemed kind of like who cares? Because like no one really knew of like what his true influence on the band actually was. But yeah. I felt like this was definitely like them being like, no, we don't need that guy. Like this is what we're going to do. And so it was definitely different. I felt like, and um, it seemed like they were focused more on using kind of like synths and, and, and uh, maybe a little bit more of electro feel than the first one. That's what's interesting is I'm not, like I told you, I don't want to sit here and make the first album sound like it wasn't very well produced or heavily produced um, but there is a feeling of electronicness in this new one where it's not at, it doesn't feel as organic or real for some reason. Like a lot of the, the texture and the atmosphere that was added in the first one, I felt like were, were was them taking noises, uh, you know, with the microphone and just like making noises with, I mean, it was something, it even sounds like a stone, like mortal, mortar and pestle. They're yeah. just like tapping things. Right, and yeah. Wind and, and effects like that. And all the atmosphere and build and like atmosphere building that was in the first one is in the second one, but it's done very differently. And I feel like it is done with the computer. Mm-hmm. Or even like you said, you, you can tell that there's like electronic drums even mm-hmm. where there's like a lot of like repetition of noises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do it well. And it does build atmosphere, but I don't like the way or it just it it wasn't it didn't feel as natural and to me as the first one. I also felt like the first one the first album had like more uh like direct influences from different like cultures and ethnicities. Like when I listen to Taro, I just get like this really like ethnic feel from it like the you know where they like do the breakdown or whatever and also maybe not like his fitz pleasure is not that ethnic or whatever but it just seems like like a different culture from my own whereas like this one i feel like it's very like english yeah i feel like this is a very english album that I can I can see where you're going with that because you're right. The first one, it's really hard to put like your thumb on it where it does sound like they're using maybe even African drum beats and like African type singing. And then on the next song, it sounds completely different. Um, it almost sounds like world music. Yeah. Like, you know, like whenever you would go into like a, a Discovery Channel store yeah. and what they were playing, it was, you know, it wasn't one specific culture's music, but it was like the infusion of all that. I think his voice is a large. Yeah source of that yep but it it wasn't i mean his voice is still there but everything else that like kind of 
complimented it in the first one to make this worldly thing. You're right. I think like kind of so, something good was a was a was a the music video was about bullfighting, and I think that that was kind of like what the idea of what something good was about, like this bullfighter and like all this other stuff, and like there was a little bit of a Spanish influence yeah. in that song, whereas like. I don't really have a problem. I love English music and I love English culture probably more than any other culture, but I just thought that there would be a little bit more kind of like far reaching with trying out different, different sounds, I guess, in this one. And his voice wasn't as emphasized in this one. And I didn't like that. Yeah. It was there though. It was there. It was definitely there. But like the first time listening through, I was like, where is his voice? Yeah, I was the same way. It's harder to, to feel for. And the melodies I feel like are there, but they're hidden, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but there is some cool vocal stuff going on when he does like that duet with that one chick oh in Warm Foothills. That so kills good. me. So good. But overall with the album, I, when I listen to it now, I skip the first three songs every time. I go right to every other freckle. I, I listen and I listen through. Um, my favorite ones are Every Other Freckle, Warm Foothills, Pusher, and I do like um, Left Hand Free mm-hmm. a lot. I think that was a good single for that album yeah it's a great song dude it's groovy as hell and every other song is definitely good but they i just feel like they don't they lack the punch that the uh the almost every other song from the first album had right and i think there was a little bit of i think they the the lyrics in alt j are a little nonsensical um and they're not there to be sort of looked into and poetic that being said, I still think the second album, the lyrics fell a little flatter than the first one. Mm. And so I guess that's that's just sort of how I, yeah. I've encapsulated it. That being said, I've still had a lot of the songs in the album stuck in my head. Exactly. And not because they're super catchy or anything. It's just because they're good music. Exactly. And when you hold it up to the first one and say it's not as good as the first one, that doesn't shed light on how effing amazing that first one was and even if it's not as good as that one it still probably it still has room to be freaking great i think we're drawing a lot of parallels with our young the giant uh review yeah like it seems a little bit more produced a little more electro friendly a little less like we just got in the studio and we're like super inspired it was like it was their second go around and you're kind of like oh it's the sophomore album you know yeah that effect um well and i think that it does be like like you know, the same thing with like theatrical trailers. It's like when you have a badass first album put out that like sets the standard for expectation for you. And it's like, it doesn't really matter what you put out because like, unless it's fucking way better or like up to par with that last one, then like you're going to look, it's going to seem like you didn't do a good job almost. Yeah. It sucks. But the possibility for them to have exceeded the first one is still definitely was there. It was there. I don't know how the hell they would have done it. But that's why I was when I first put the album on. I was like, "What if this is it? Like, what if I listen to this and this blows my effing mind?" Right. And if they would have done that without without that bassist guy, that like, even though I didn't know anything about him, I just feel like anytime you have a band frag- fragmenting, it's just mm-hmm. not good for the dynamic. So yeah. if they could have done that on top of having that guy leave, like that would have been super duper impressive. Yeah, so. more hat. So do you just do you want to put a number on it now? I is can put a number on it. Anything else you want to say? Yeah. All right. Well, um, what are you feeling? I'm gonna give it an eight. So it's great. Yeah. Okay. It's better than most albums. Okay. For sure. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Now, that sounds a little bit like worse than what I'm actually trying to say. Like, remember that we use a 10-point scale. Yes, yeah, so we have a, specific. Yeah. yeah, and that's pretty high up there on it. And and basically what I'm saying is that album is really good. You know, yeah. I, yes. I 
for some, like I, when someone asks me, how is it? I'm going to tell them it's really good. Like those will be the words that I use. I'm, you know, and not it's better than good. It's better not than great. good. It's not great. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you should still go listen to it. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Go listen to it. I agree. And form your own opinion and email the show and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah. Anything. Uh, I know a couple of people that have approached me that think that it's better than the first one. Yeah. I've heard that too. Um, which, you know, is interesting for me, but you know, they're entitled to their opinion. Yeah. We're the ones with microphones, damn it. I gave it an eight just because, like, relative to the music industry. Like, I just think that there's not that many... There's not that many other albums out there that are, like, currently being put out that I would put ahead of it, I guess, so... Yeah, but do you want to be measuring it towards everything else, or do you look just at it as, as, like, a, a vacuum, you know? Yeah. I, I want to look at it as more of a vacuum, but it's hard to, like take out the fact that like I still think all J is still being really creative and pushing forward inspirational like musical ideas and stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean you're I right. I think that that's very valuable. Exactly. It's still better than most I mean that most things that come out but at the same time reviewing it in a vacuum is is also a little impractical because these things don't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So okay, well I'm I'm set with those numbers. I'm satisfied. Well, let's go ahead and hop into uh, next mail corner. Oh, let's do it. Hey, guess what? Oh! If you were to guess right now how many pieces of mail we had, what would you say? I'd say between negative one and one. Uh, so zero? Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> Every time. What is it? <laughs> like, what? What are we doing wrong, Hunter? <laughs> what? I don't know. We talk about it all the time. We do. Do you think we should stop talking about it? No, no. That's like that's like the friend who tells you like, oh man, I don't know how to get girls, and they're like, dude, just don't care about it. Yeah, right. It's like, well, that's not the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like, you know, you we have to have something that hooks people to want to email, like give them some sort of incentive. A prize pack. Yeah, like we send you a goodie bag. We'll give you. We, you know, what we'll do. <laughs> You're gonna love this, guys. We'll take pictures and autograph them. <laughs> Because I know that's what you want. We can like photo, like photograph or Photoshop you in, and like <laughs> you're a part of the show. And they're like, "Well, now I'll never email, <laughs> dude." Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it feels so good when people email in. It feels so bad when they don't. So please email, guys. The email is wittybantershow at gmail.com. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does. It makes and you're our making our day. show much shorter because of that. I know. That's that's less banter for you guys. Mm-hmm. So I hope you're happy. <laughs> This is the lump of coal in your stocking. Mm, okay. You got about two weeks to get it, uh, <laughs> to get back on the nice list because we got a real long naughty one. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's put numbers on this beer. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, good. I like this beer a lot. Um, it's it's so different, which is cool. It's not what I ex- I didn't know what to expect, and what I got was really interesting. The smell is just this fruity, just like super refreshing, just ah, summer almost, mm-hmm. you know? Like I wish it was summer right now yeah. so I could go drink this beer by like a Outside. river, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, it's a pretty color. It's a very light yellow. I like that it's foggy, you know? It just, mm-hmm. for me, it garners this romantic image of just being in a meadow with my friends and like playing music and just like hanging out and drinking this beer. And That's I, a nice image. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> the taste is excellent. You know, it's like citrusy and then that yeast has like this weird earthy, almost weedy feel mm-hmm. to it. And then the uh, aftertaste is just like sour, 
little tart and kind of bitter and it's just different and it's it's refreshing though. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm going to I'm going to give it a 7.5. <laughs> really good. <laughs> the Alt J of beers. It is you. it is the this is all yours of beer. <laughs> okay, well cool. Um I agree with damn near everything that you uh prescribed it. Uh I think that it's interesting how it's kind of packing these different flavors as far as like, you know, having that like earthy yeast, fruity, sour, uh, light, but the profile of the taste is pretty short. Like it doesn't stick on your mouth for real long. Yeah. It's, it's still like refreshing and light and kind of, you just like easy to drink. It's like sessionable and a little bit of a boy. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give it a 7.5 because I haven't ever really had any other farmhouse ales and I feel like I was about to give it a seven, but I feel like for my first farmhouse ale, I really liked it. Yeah. I feel like there will probably be other farmhouse ales that I'll be like more extreme one way or the other. And I might like them more or less because of that. But I felt like this was a really good starter for me to get that kind of under my, under my nose. So yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a 7.5. Well, awesome. That's a good, that's good news. We should, I know that uh, Jester King is like the farmhouse ale supreme. That's what they do. Okay. So we could try some of their beers next. But that's all the show. We won't be trying any more beers today because we've got plenty to drink on our own. We do. I bet you guys are wish you were here with us, <laughs> partying it up after banter. Playing synth. and Oh, as soon as banter, the catharsis when banter's done, A, it kind of sucks because it's just like, well, the best hour of my week is over. But B, I get to like party while we edit. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's pretty fun. Let the plugathon begin. This is the best part of the show. You can find us on iTunes. Search Witty Banter and then hit subscribe every week when there's a new episode. It will show up in your download queue for free. For free? You can also find the file on wittybantershow.com. We post all the episodes there as well. If you want to keep up with all the news concerning the banter, just go to facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. Hit like. And we'll give you all that stuff straight from our computers. We're also on Twitter. We're at Witty Banter Show. You can even find us on YouTube. We're making videos now. We're there too. We're there also, Dude, man. We're just populating the earth. Now, the videos have been slowing down a little bit. We've been really busy. We've had some technical issues with our camera, but videos are coming. Don't you worry. There will be video breakouts from this episode, even. Maybe. So you can check <laughs> out those YouTube.com, search Witty Banter Show. And uh, email us, wittybantershow at gmail.com. Yeah. We're on Twitter. I said that. I think that's it, dude. I think we got it. Well, you and I are on Twitter as well. You're at Diesel Dorset. I'm at Bodacious Chase. So Check me out on SoundCloud us. as well. Oh, yeah. Go to Hunter Oh, Dorset. dude. Go to YouTube. How can we find your new video? Just type in Hunter Dorset Lotus Flower and it comes up. On YouTube? Yes. Go watch that video. It's amazing. It's stupid how, like, it honestly upsets me that I come home and he's like, dude, I just did this today. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I played video games and uh it's so good go watch his cover of lotus flower it's so good thank you you owe it to yourself like it's great and that's all all right we'll see you next uh we'll see you on friday cool <laughs> 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 <laugh